0: Welcome everyone to Sports Decaf in the Morning. It's the man of the hour, thought Abdullah.
1: It's Thawdik Fatul. Good morning. How's
0: everyone doing? It's a Monday morning. It's feeling nice outside. You know, enough enough with that cold weather. You know, I'm getting sick of that. We don't we don't like that here in Texas. But anyways, you know, we had a couple good fights over the weekend. Anderson Silva, you know, made a comeback return to the UFC. He lost by unanimous decision. Then on the boxing side. Gervonta Davis, you know, wins first round knockout. He now moves his record to, I believe, 21-0, 20 knockouts. So, I mean, now he's a contender in that weight class. So, on the basketball side, you know, Paul George has been balling lately. You know, a lot of crazy things going on, you know, in terms of basketball. But for today, we're going to talk about the crazy trade deadline. Who are the biggest winners and losers after that trade deadline?
1: Man. First of all, a lot of a lot of teams made great moves during the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally, there's two or three winners. Um, for number one, you got to call it what it is. It's Milwaukee. They essentially gave up Thonmaker and a few uh, role players, and you know acquired Nikola Mirotic. Nikola Mirotic is going to be perfect for that system. He can ball. He can shoot threes. He can play the four, the five, and even the three sometimes. And just the way that system runs, where it's Giannis and he penetrates and finds shooters, it, he, he's going to fit in perfectly. I mean, you got someone like Brooke Lopez who's having a career, career year in shooting threes. Malcolm um, Brogdon, he can he can space the floor. Eric Bledsoe can space the floor. He has some shooters on that team. Now Nikola Mirich is going to is going to bring them instant impact. Now you're looking at this team that could actually really contend to you know make it past the East. Number two, I got to give it up for Philly. Philly. Definitely. I mean, they they essentially turned their whole team around. I mean, if you look at the roster beginning of the season, we knew that they were missing a few pieces, right? And they essentially got Jimmy Butler and they got Tobias Harris. They they gave up I know they gave up um Robert Covington and they gave up Dario Saric, which are you know really good rotational players. But they made up for it. They did make up for it. Tobias Harris is going to bring them instant, instant buckets, and their biggest problem was shooting. If you looked at that big three of Ben Simmons, uh, Joel Embiid, and Jimmy Butler, them three together averaged two and a half threes a game, which is really essentially just them two because Ben Simmons does not shoot threes, and they were and th- that big three was shooting 33 percent from the field three-point wise yeah. so that's not that's not something you want especially for a team that you predict that's going to end up being a really good team so someone like Tobias Harris who's who's shooting the third best in the league in terms of corner threes 52 percent who can give you 21 points a game if you look at that Lakers game last night I mean he he was he was lined up had 22 points really efficient that's the type of game he is he's a veteran everything now, number three in terms of winners. Man, um, this is not this is not going to attract too many people, but uh, the L.A. Clippers definitely won during trade de- trade deadline. I mean, they gave up Tobias Harris, and you know, first of all, everyone has to realize Tobias Harris wasn't going to stay in L.A. He passed up an 86 million dollar contract, so they they instead of letting Tobias Harris go for free, they got something in return for him. Landry Shamit, you know, he's a nice, solid young player, and they cleared up some cap space. Now. If, and then it's, uh, the trade for um, Mike Muscala. I mean, they robbed the Lakers. Mike Muscala for Mike Beasley and Zubach and a second-round pick. Zubac is a young, young, an up-and-coming center. They also cleared cap space. They got rid of Avery Bradley. Clear cap space. Now they are set in stone for this 2019 free agency class. They have young talent, a promising future. I mean, <coughs> this this team, this team is definitely looking like they're especially you know Jerry Jerry West. Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna discredit him. I mean, you look at this team, Lou Williams, you Shy Gildas Alexander, he's looking like a steal right now. Oh, yeah. Landry Shamit, Zubach is looking looking pretty good. This team has some nice rotational young pieces. I'm intrigued by this team.
0: Yeah, I agree, you know, with the Clippers. I think they're they were a little bit slept on in terms of the trade deadlines. Like, you know, why would we give away Tobias Harris? But you gotta look deep into it, you know. Like you said, he's leaving in the offseason. So I mean, you you rather get something out of nothing, because I mean, you wait till offseason, you're losing your, you know, arguably your best player on that team, but you bring in a guy like Landry Shamet you know, I mean, you don't go wrong with that. He he's gonna be, you know, one of the best shooters in the league, you know, probably you know towards later in his career. I mean, he's only a rookie. He's the eighth, what, 28th pick in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, the guy the guy can ball. His first game with the Clippers, he scores 17 points, and uh, but what I think is. <laughs> the key acquisition for that clippers team was adding zubac i mean he's a 21 year old center who's been a double double machine lately with that lakers roster and i mean they just they gave him away for nothing so i think definitely they're one of I, I feel like a sleeper team in terms of that you know trade deadline but i have to go with the philadelphia 76ers they made some mistakes you know down the line letting go of robert covington and dario saric you know jimmy butler hasn't been playing up the par as, you know, we thought he would. But they bring in a guy like Tobias Harris. I mean, this team is the most feared team in the East right now. I had Milwaukee coming out the East, but now I feel like their only threat right now would be the Philadelphia 76ers simply because of the depth in that team. And just because of that, I feel like the culture. I feel like, you know, everyone's, you know, together. You know, no one's really broken apart like that Boston Celtics team who, you know, they said the other day that they don't necessarily get along with each other. So, I mean, this, is, this was probably one of the most craziest trade deadlines I have seen. I mean, the Woj bomb was just dropping them on us. But there's one trade I wanted to get to. I think this trade is going to be determined on terms of, you know, the next two to three years. So, Orlando Magic. <clears throat> you trade a guy like Jonathan Simmons who hasn't really fit that team because, I mean, it's a team who doesn't have much to play for. They're trying to develop their young guys. So you give away, you know, one of your, you know, best role players in in the name of Jonathan Simmons for Markel Fultz, the number 1 pick in the draft. I mean, I feel like it's too soon to make that trade. I mean, the guy's only 20 of, years old. In terms of Philly? Yeah, it's too soon to make that trade. I I say you let him get a playoff run. You know, he finishes his rehab and you see where he's at from there. Cuz I mean, regardless of how he plays, you can get a Jonathan Simmons-type guy from any team for Markel Fultz. So, I mean, Philly Philly, Philly might regret that one in two to three years, depending on how he performs.
1: I think I think it was a mutual decision. I definitely see where you're going at, but I, I personally don't think Markel Fultz will, would have ended up reaching his full potential with this Philly team. I think this Philly team is too stacked. Markel Fultz wouldn't really get the touches or the – the type of development he needs as a player, because if you if you look at Marco Fultz, he's a he's a dude that needs the ball to score. Well, on that lineup, you got Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, and Reddick. They all need the ball. I don't see how you know. I I think this I think this this trade was a win now situation for Philly getting Jonathan Simmons and those two picks, and also they kind of did Markel Fultz a favor. They gave him new, a new scenery somewhere where he can get a lot of touches, develop as a young player, and especially you know gain confidence. <coughs> but uh, you know, we haven't talked about this one team, and I do really think that they made a really good acquisition. I don't think that they personally won the trade deadline. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Toronto Toronto got Marcus If You know, for for how old he is and whatnot, he's still a solid big man. He's a really good big man. He's a skilled big man. He can stretch the floor, can defend. You know, he, he, he's, basically, he's he's a whole package.
0: He's giving you 15-8-5. I mean, he's arguably one of the best defenders at the center position in the league.
1: Exactly. And so I definitely think Toronto <clears throat> made strides to get better. Um, I'm surprised Boston didn't do anything. I know they're, you know, keeping their keeping their pieces for the Anthony Davis trade, but I think this team needed needed a a, a little tweak. I mm-hmm. feel like they they have too many pieces, and especially since this team is so good, I think they should have made one or two moves, not big moves, but you know, just just some little moves. Um, I definitely I, I definitely like what Toronto did. I think getting Marcus Gasol, flipping him for Joel, for Jonas Valanciunas, they did let go of De- uh, Delon Wright. He was pretty good rotational player but you know the the top top four teams or top three teams in the east they 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 made they made good yeah. they made good uh, acquisitions i mean they were already the top three teams now they just got better
0: and with i feel like I want to interrupt you real quick with with the acquisition of you know Marcus i mean you need that veteran leadership you know in term you know within that Toronto locker room who you know they have you know they're young they have a very young core I mean, they need that guy. You trade a guy like Valanchunas, who's what, like 26, 27 years old, for a guy like Marcus Sol 34. You know, he's been in the playoffs. You know, he's reached the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I think it was a defensive, all-NBA defensive first team. I mean, that's the type of guy you need, and that's the type of guy who can maybe be that guy who forces Kawhi Leonard to stay in Toronto.
1: And if we talk about bench units, I mean – Toronto's going to be up there as well now. I mean, you got Marcus Gasol who's coming up the bench. Yeah. Cuz their starting lineup is is too good. I mean, you got I mean, obviously you got Kyle Lowry, Danny Green's going to be Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, but you know, my two Serge key guys, Ibaka. my two key guys are Pascal Siakam who's been playing amazing this season and Serge Ibaka who's been who's had a resurgence on his career. They have they th- those two have been playing amazing. So now yeah. their bench unit is going to be even looking more dangerous. Um but in terms of losers, I think we can both agree. Um, yeah, we all know who's the loser. It, it, it was it was the L. A. Lakers. Definitely. Not um, only not 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 by the aspect that okay, you didn't get AD because I me personally, I, I didn't think they were getting AD to begin with. I think a lot of people didn't didn't really think that they were getting AD. But I just think that they rushed some some of those decisions. I think they gave up too many young players for win now type of dudes. When you're not in a win now situation, you gave up Svi or Svi. And a second-round pick. You got Reggie Bullock. Well, Reggie Bullock is a solid rotational player, but he's not going to push you over the edge. You gave up Michael Beasley. You gave up Zubach. Um, I understand Michael Beasley had some issues with Luke Walton, but I just don't think you should have gave up Zubach. I think Zubach has too much. Like uh, He has extreme promise. He's a he, skilled big
0: man. He has high value as well. He has
1: high value, and then you <clears throat> traded him for Mike Muscala. So, you know And uh, that's why I'm questioning Their decision making Right now I, I personally think If they don't end up If they don't end up Getting AD Or a big name free agent Then They've lost They've lost big time But right now They've, they've lost already Like Yeah They Either they should have They should have Made better trades Try to get someone Like Miritich With that team Try to get someone Or I mean You could have just Waved the player Get get yourself A Wesley Matthews In the buyout market Get yourself An Ennis Cantor In the buyout market I feel like this biomarket is is actually pretty deep, more deep than we actually think. I think they should have tried to explore their options there instead of forcing a trade, try to get Mike Muscala and Reggie Bullock. Those guys are not, if anything, they're going to hinder minutes from the young guys.
0: I feel like what caused all this, according to Brian Windhorst, the Lakers were outsmarted by the New Orleans Pelicans. So with all the tampering going on, you know, Lakers, secret, you know, lunch between you know LeBron Anthony Davis it, it irked that you know New Orleans team so what did they do they reverse psychology on these Lakers okay they put in Anthony Davis they proposed a trade they put him on the trade block but they were never going to trade him to begin with they were going to hold him until the summer and he he's getting shipped to Boston that's what hap- that's what's happening with Anthony Davis there is no way the New Orleans Pelicans is allowing Anthony Davis to go to a team that they could potentially, you know, have to face in the playoffs. I mean, that's not who they want to see. They don't want to see a a guy, you know, Anthony Davis with LeBron James, you know, two top five players in the league linked together. I mean, that's just a powerhouse right there. But I feel like New Orleans should have made the trade simply because of what the Lakers offered. But I understand why they're not. They have a chance to get a guy like Jason Tatum, who's going to be, you know, I I think a superstar in the league. You know, he's going to be a top five. Player, If he can, you know, head where he's going. So I I see why they do that, you know, because you got a guy like Brandon Ingram who hasn't really lived up to expectations. You got a guy like Zubak who, you know, I mean, we've seen some flashes, but is this the best he can be? You know, I feel like this is his limit in terms of, you know, play. But overall, the Lakers lose this trade simply because, I mean, after this, you know, they lose a game by 42. The highest defeat in LeBron's career. You know they win a game in Boston. Well, you know that's a rivalry game. You know teams tend to play a little bit harder than they should. You know I was like, okay, you know not too bad, but that Boston team is a little shaky. But then they the game after they lose to Philly by I think 30 plus. I mean we know it's just it's definitely going to be a locker room issue because you got you have half your team on trade block, you have eight guys who are in a trade proposal. I mean these guys are disappointed. You know, that th- their name's just flying around. They're supposed to be, you know, the future of this Lakers franchise. You know, LeBron James, there was an interview with Lavar Ball, you know, how he's disappointed that his son was supposed to be, you know, the Lakers franchise player. And, I mean, now you have that guy on trade block and you're just trying to ship him out, you know, for one guy, eight guys for one guy. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I think the Lakers handle things, you know, poorly. And this can really affect them when, you know, you got a guy like Brandon Ingram's contract. Is gonna expire soon. Then you know Lonzo and Kuzma. I mean, who knows if they're gonna re-sign with this Lakers team? So now it's like you gotta let them go. You gotta ship them out of L.A. and you know get something before you lose these guys.
1: Well, right now they're they're playing it safe because these guys can't walk out until mm-hmm. what three or four years from now. So they yeah. still have some room. They I think I think definitely I agree with you on the fact that they didn't handle it well. Magic Johnson should have did should have done a better job, but I do want to give credit to actually the GM of the Pelicans he played, he had a nice chess move there, you know, essentially just ruined the team chemistry and he kind of outsmarted magic Johnson. He made him look real desperate. You look at the trade packages that he announced to the public. I mean, those were like Lakers clearly lost that. Yeah. If you look at the trades that they given up their whole young core, Rondo Beasley, Lance Stevenson and two picks. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I'm, yeah, but I mean, yeah, Laker, Lakers lost, no doubt about it. Um, this trade deadline was was crazy. It was what, yeah. berserk. Shout out to Adrian Wojnarowski. He was having an amazing trade de- trade deadline. He needs to he needs to sleep for the next week. He was up he was up for the for 48 yeah,
0: yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, Woj, you know you you deserve it. Okay, you deserve it, my man. You were just on a roll. You were the king of Twitter for a good hour and a half.
1: Speaking of on a roll. Though, <clears throat> Um, you know, I was watching the Mavs game yesterday.
0: I'm not a believer of magic, all right, but but Luka magic, man.
1: Luka magic. I was He's made me a believer. I was watching the game last, uh, actually, in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon game, playing against Portland at Mavs Stadium. Um, they were down by 18 in the fourth. 15. It was it was 15 or 18. I know they were down by 18 at one point mm-hmm. in the game. Um, I just saw a recap. They were they were they were down by 18 at one point in the game. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Luka, Luka Doncic ended up having 14 points in the fourth quarter. He had 28 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists in that game. Um, you know, is, is, he, is he already a star? I definitely think he is a star. Simply because Luka Doncic has
0: given you 20, and I believe 7 and 5. I mean, he has two triple-doubles this season, and I believe he's the youngest guy, three triple-doubles, my mistake. He's the youngest player to ever get a 30-point triple-double. I mean, he's playing lights out. He's playing like the best player on the team. And what really shocks me the most about Luka Doncic is I believe he's having a better rookie season than LeBron James simply, simply because of I feel LeBron didn't have that late game where, you know, get the ball in my hands, I'm going to get this win, you know, his rookie season. I mean, Luka Doncic, if you look at the stats – He's 11 for 16 on shots to tie or take the lead in the final two minutes of the game. That's 68% shooting. That's a 19-year-old kid who's showing that he's one of the best clutch players in the league. I mean, the guy is no joke. He was dominating in you know what's arguably the second-best league, the EuroLeague. He was dominating players, and they say it's one of you know the toughest competition. So, I mean, to sit here and say Luka's not a star— that's just blasphemy. I mean, the guy's balling. He's he's easily rookie of the year. He's having a better rookie season than LeBron James. And if he can continue this pace, he can go down as one of the greatest players to ever play the game.
1: I definitely agree that he is a star. He And I agree with you on the fact he is having a better year than LeBron James. Um, he's, he's playing less minutes and mm-hmm. essentially putting up similar or even better numbers than LeBron did. He's a better shooter than LeBron was mm-hmm. at that age. And more clutch than LeBron was at that age. Definitely. But don't get me wrong. Right now, it doesn't look like Luka... Uh, yeah, I don't want to go on a limb and say Luka's going to be better than LeBron. No,
0: no, I'm not going to say he's going to be better than LeBron, yeah, and, but if he continues this pace, I mean, who knows? Who knows?
1: And, you know, I've been watching these, these recent Mavs games, and especially with without Dennis Smith Jr., without Harrison Barnes, Wesley Matthews, and DeAndre Jordan, people that can kind of create their own shot, especially Harrison Barnes. Um... You know, let's call it what it is. Luca has kind of been struggling lately from the field. Um, he hasn't been shooting that well, but he's still managing to put up, you know, pretty good points. And the team has been winning a lot recently. Um, you look at the game against New Orleans, I mean, excuse me, against the Hornets, 5 for 20, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 11, 11 assists, a triple-double, but mm-hmm. 5 for 20. You know, he's not, gonna, he's not that efficient. He needs people that can score on their own. Um, and that's that's kind of – I think that's a, uh, a big reason to why we're seeing, you know, the, the great rookie year he's having right now. Uh, he definitely has some people that can create for their own shot. Now he has people that finally came back. Because if you look at that Hornets game, you know, he had Harrison Barnes playing that game, but not up until the fourth quarter. And he was still missing, uh, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Wesley Matthews, and DeAndre Jordan. I don't, and I, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't have Tim Hardaway Jr. playing with him that game as well. Mm-hmm. So – you know, I mean, they're looking
0: nice together, him no, and Tim Hardaway.
1: They are looking nice, um, but other than that, Luka Doncic is a, is a certified star, and I don't want to hear anyone, you know, complain about, compl- complain about anything he's doing. He should have been an All Star. He's a star. Um, yeah, hey, if you got a
0: problem, come on the show. Yeah, no, I mean, we can argue this.
1: Luka Doncic, I think, in my opinion, he he could be regarded as a top fifteen player oh, yeah, in the definitely. league. I, I I really do feel like that. I feel like he has the whole package. His court vision is elite. Rebounding is elite. Scoring is elite. His hustle. his He's not the best ISO player, but he'll still find a way to get to scoring. No doubt about it. Um, and he's affected the Mavs organization in a big way. If you look at the Mavs last year, I mean, right, you know, last year, we were already talking about tanking. Yeah. You know, around around this time last year, we, Mark Cuban got fined for basically admitting that he's tanking. So, mm-hmm. you know, Luka has affected this franchise in a tremendous way. And now I'm looking at this math team into free agency and I'm actually really intrigued on maybe who we can get. you know we have our two corner cornerstones. you have Luca, you have Kristaps. you know granted if he's healthy. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr he's locked in and he can ball. Mm-hmm. so and you and we have nice young pieces. I mean, you know Jalen Brunson. Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber—he's not that young, but Maxie Trey Burke, K- Trey Burke as well, but uh, he hasn't been playing that much. But he did play—he yeah. did play good against the Bucks. He had an eighteen-five and five game. But I mean, I'm just—I'm intrigued on who we can get. Donnie Nelson said he has been—he's—he wants to go for the biggest fish. I don't really necessarily think we'll get the biggest fish. We'll—we'll get a big fish though, not the biggest. And—and and one thing I'm intrigued—one thing I'm intrigued with the Mavs is—I—I I hope if. I, for me personally, I don't know if you can agree with me. I don't want to be locked in with a guy like Nikola Vucevic, like Chris Middleton, for four years. Mm-hmm. I think th- I'm not
0: too sold on Chris Middleton.
1: The Mavs have thirty mil, thirty million cap space. I think if we can sign a guy for one year and then a team option, or one year or two years, just short term, mm-hmm. you know, try to try to you know, not we're not going to put ourselves in a situation to where we're stuck under the cap but we're going to put ourselves in a position uh, in a position that to where we can compete right now but when it comes to free agency we're still going to be able to have that cap space and if we want to, we we can resign the dude. I think that's what how that's how the Mavs should you know try to approach this and then when the, when the time comes maybe in 2020 whenever Luka Doncic is what 2021, 20, 22, Kristaps is 24, 25, that seems going to be way older, way more mature, way better. Um I think you can go for a bigger fish. I don't, right now, I understand why a bigger fish doesn't want to come to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Right now, I, if I'm KD, I wouldn't want to come to Dallas. These guys are too young, you know. But
0: KD is showing he doesn't have a very good relationship with Mark Cuban to begin so, with. Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be a major factor, in you know when it comes to free agency. <coughs> but I wanted to do, I wanted to touch up on something, you know, where you said Luka Donka just having bad shooting games. You know, he's had slumps this and that. But if you look back at those games, his best play is in the fourth quarter. I mean, he'll go three for 15, enters the fourth quarter. It's a whole, it's, it's as if he's playing a whole new game. The guy wants the ball in his hands. He's hit clutch shots against Houston where he scored the last eight points and, you know, got the Mavs to win. He's hit a buzzer beater on Portland to force the game into overtime. I mean, he, he took over yesterday. I mean, the guy has shown that, you know, come fourth quarter, come, you know, late in the clutch, put the ball in my hands. He's even showed frustration from the Mavs, you know, taking you know late game shots without letting him get a touch. I mean, so this this type of mentality for a guy 19 years old, it's it's just unheard of. I mean, we've never seen that in LeBron James, you know, at 19 years old. We we didn't see this, you know, late game closer who you know I need the ball.
1: We 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 essentially saw that I think in his last years in Miami <clears throat> and his years in Cleveland. Yeah, and I that mean, was that was at age but, 30ish. I mean, and that's
0: something you develop late, you know, not later in your career, either, but a few years. It's in. Either
1: you got it or you don't. Yeah. I mean, that's just straight up. Luka Doncic has the it factor to him. He's got
0: it early, too.
1: He has a real early. That's a scary part. I mean, I, you <laughs> there, there was a reporter and I'm not going to call out his name, but there has been constant, constant comparisons to he to uh, Luka Doncic and Hito Turkoglu. And he's been hating on Luka Doncic. I'm not going to say his name, but, you know, I. I, I I and he he's he's made some valid points and I understand his argument. But he said that Luka Doncic has already quote unquote hit his ceiling, and that's definitely not the, that's definitely not it. I think Luka Doncic has a lot more to give, and you do have a point. I think if Luka Doncic enters his prime, man, the the sky's the limit for this kid. He it really is because not because not only is he a because my comparison right now I'm looking at him. I think he's a less he's a less athletic LeBron. I don't know. I
0: I think I look at that as a good thing. Yeah. Simply because this guy's game doesn't rely on athleticism. So, I mean, for this to say, it's the ceiling. I mean, if he gets a little more athletic, I mean, this guy's going to be dangerous.
1: And I I think he's a less athletic LeBron. He can shoot the ball. I think he definitely can work on his on ball defense. As Mm -hmm. much as I love Luka Doncic, I think he definitely has room for improvement on his on ball defense, but I I'm really like the Mav the Mavs made the, the best, the best choice by choosing this guy. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I really am. I don't know what else to say. I'm speechless. I mean, Luka Doncic is, he's here and he's here to stay. He has the it factor. This guy's gonna be special.
0: I mean, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta confess, man. I wasn't a, a believer at first, but I tell you, fifth game of the season, I became a believer in the Luka magic, man. I became a believer. You know, I wasn't too sold on the Mavs. You know, giving away a first round pick, and you know. A first round pick, you know, just for you know a three position swap between Trey Young and Luca. But hey, yeah, look back at it; they can have that pick. We we won that trade definitely, you know. And in, in the long run, you're gonna see why we win that trade. Because I mean, what's there? There's usually one, two guys in every draft that can really, you know, make a difference. And after that, the other dudes are you know just average. You know, if at most a star. I mean, Luka Doncic is the star in that superstar in the making, in that draft. And I don't think – I really don't see any other superstars yet. I mean, I could be wrong, but as of the way it's looking now, Luka Doncic is probably going to be, you know, one of the only superstars in that draft.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to go on that limb because we don't know how players are going to project in three or four years. But, I mean, I understand why, why, what the, why and what the Mavs are doing right now. I think mm-hmm. we're making key acquisitions, key trades – because they didn't expect Luka to be this be this good. Donnie Nelson said it himself. Especially at this early. He, you know, he thought that he, Donnie Nelson said it in a report. He said that he assumed that Luka Doncic was going to be good, but he's going to have road, you know, bumps and bumps in the road. That's that's what he predicted. But you know, Luka Doncic hasn't really had any any bad moments throughout the season, and that's why they've been making trades. And, and I and I appreciate that. I, yeah. you know, I, I'm I'm a, you know, and you can testify. I'm a huge believer of. You got to make your moves early while, while while your player's under rookie contracts. And that's what they've been doing. And now this team looks like they're set for the future. So, you know, Mavs are set for the future. And it's it's a good feeling to finally say that. It yeah. really
0: is. I mean, I, we can go all day with this Luka talk. But, you know, we just got to gotta move on to another topic. So, Paul George has been having, you know, stellar performance lately. You know, he dropped 45 on Harden, you know, just last game. They get the win. I mean his defense has been phenomenal. He's arguably, you know, in the run for defensive player of the year. But, you know, the most important award in the league is the MVP. Where does he stand right now in the MVP ladder?
1: Um I think I think he's I think he's third. He's having an amazing year, especially if you take in, you know, take in consideration the injury that he, you know, dealt with and what he went through. But, you know, we got to call it what it is. Giannis is having the best you know season of his career, and his team is, has the best record in the league, forty-one and fourteen. This team is on, on, on pace to win sixty games. Mm-hmm. I, I think Giannis is my MVP right now. Um, Harden, he's definitely balling out. He's giving you around thirty-four points a game, nine assists, six rebounds, two steals a game. That's that's someone that we you know that we he had a stigma that he couldn't play defense, but he's still giving you two steals a game. Man, but Paul George third. Yeah, I, I got him third. Um, I, I do have an unpopular opinion, and I've expressed it a lot. I, th- I definitely think Russell Westbrook should be top five. Oh my five. god! I I really do feel like that. I think I think if you're averaging a triple double and your team's winning, that's it. Like first of all, if you're but, if I mean, you're averaging a triple double just to begin with, but you, he's you not,
0: should be. He's not playing like the best player on that team though. But I mean, you can't put him over a guy like Curry. You know, guy like. I mean, there's a lot more guys above him. Not, not a lot more. I mean, Embiid's, you know, balling out harder than, you know, Westbrook is. Curry's balling out. I mean, just, you just can't just throw him in the top five like that.
1: I, I have him at top five. If you look at the official Kia NBA ladder, I mean, you got – you. me personally, I would take him out for Jokic. I think Jokic is having an amazing season. And hear me out. Why? Why? Explain me why Jokic should be in that top five. Just explain me why, and I can give you an argument for that.
0: Cause he's that best. He's the best player on that team, and they're a number two seed in the West. And that's why. That's exactly why. I mean, okay. They, they they missed the playoffs last season. You know they edged out, and then I mean you got a center who's giving you triple doubles. You know, every three nights. I mean he he. There's no other player who deserves it. I mean with the injuries going on through that team, with Jamal Murray missing games. You know, with I believe Gary Harris. You know, being out. You know, with their future. You know, if he can get healthy of that team, Michael Porter Jr., you know, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, this team has had injuries along the whole season, and they've never lost their focus. They, they're still on their grind. They're still performing. And, I mean, they're still, a, they're still a competitor in that West, you know, conference.
1: If you look at the MVP ladder last year, Curry and KD were in the, were in the top five together mm-hmm. at one point in time. And they were, they were in there for a few months. So you can make the argument, and you can say, okay, well, Curry wasn't the best player on that team, or Durant isn't playing the best on that team. One of them wasn't playing. Someone has to play the, the single best. And and why do they still have two players in the top five? Russell Westbrook, and you said you said to yourself, Jokic is giving you a triple-double every, what, three nights? Yeah, yeah. Russell Westbrook is giving you a triple double every night. Nine straight triple doubles, eight straight triple doubles. Excuse me.
0: But his his shooting is just not there. I mean, it's very inefficient.
1: Okay, you want to talk about his shooting? Well, Giannis Antetokounmpo is shooting nineteen percent from the three.
0: Yeah, but that's not his game.
1: That's Russell. West- that's not Russell Westbrook's game. Yeah, but West- Westbrook's, Westbrook's Ru- mid
0: range is not there this season. His three point shooting's not there. I mean, he's just – he's been off this
1: season. Same, but same thing with Giannis. I mean, if if anyone—if anything, I can make the argument that Russell Westbrook is having a better year than he did last year. He's not shooting as well, but he's also being more conservative. You know, he's he's passing the ball more. He's trusting his teammates more. His team's actually winning. I, I just personally think if there, there's a whole stigma around, you know, Russell Westbrook and stat padding, if you're averaging a triple-double and your team's top three in the East – I mean, excuse me, in the West – I, I personally think, agree to disagree, I just think that you, you should be in your top five. I, I just think that. Triple, you got to think about how he affects the team on a nightly basis. Not only has he been putting up numbers, giving you 21 a game, giving you at least 10 in uh, at least uh, ten rebounds and 10 assists, excuse me, but he's also bought in defensively. He's, he's constantly guarding the best guard matchup night in and night out. He's a dog on defense now. This team is the best defensive team in the league. This team is a, is a threat to the Warriors. They actually are, man. I, I really do. I really do think so. Russell Westbrook should be in the top five. I I know I have some bias towards that because he is my favorite player, but dude, he should be in the top five. I, I agree to disagree, but triple double, and you bought in defensively. You're playing more conservative. You're playing arguably your best efficient basketball ever. I, I just I just think that uh
0: top 10 I'm, I'm not too sold on top five there's a there's a lot of players who are playing you know much more efficient than westbrook is this season i mean no he's given a triple double night in night out but you, you gotta give credit when it's due i mean Jokic, what he's been through i mean joel and b the way he's led that team i mean it's just it's just something you can't overlook so i mean we're gonna have to but move back
1: to the point where, where, where do you have paul george then I got him at three. got him at three? Yeah.
0: I mean, you, you got to give credit to Giannis. He's leading his team in almost every statistical category. They're the number one team in the league. And then James Harden, I know his shooting hasn't been as efficient as it should have, but he's leading that team to wins. You know, Chris Paul was out most of the season. Clint Capella has been, you know, he's still out, I believe. So, I mean, this t- you, you got to give him the credit the way he's, you know, overcome the obstacles that were thrown at him.
1: Yeah, I mean, if anyone, if anything, you can make the argument that James Harden should be number one as well. I think, I think yeah, I think Ed, go flip flop. I think it honestly, does come down to James Harden and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, really, I, I think Giannis gets the edge just because his team is, he his team hasn't really gone through more bumps and bruises throughout the way. His team's been playing consistently really good. I think Giannis wins it but you know it's still too early you, you you never know i mean houston they still have a lot a lot left in the tank at yeah. first they started off really slow but you know they kind of played their best basketball whenever their four best players were kind of missing i mean yeah is which is kind of weird but now think about how scary they're going to be whenever everyone's healthy so this team we don't know how good houston can be now i mean this team is a this is a weird situation. I don't think we've ever seen something like this in the NBA. You know, you got someone like James Harden who's putting up crazy numbers, who's and this team's actually playing way much better whenever their second best player, the third best player and their fourth best player are all we all injured at one point. Now they're slowly coming back. I know they they blew a a 28-point lead, 22-point lead to the Thunder. But, you know, this this Houston team, we really haven't been given a, a lot of acknowledgement to them, but they are actually gonna be a pretty scary team. I mean, we don't know how good they're gonna be whenever Clint Capella and everyone comes back. They picked up Kenneth Fareed and which was a great acquisition. It's he's been, been playing been, lights though. He's been playing amazing.
0: But some old Denver Kenneth Fareed.
1: Yeah, I mean that's you know, and back to the point, that's that's just how it is. I mean if you're in the right system, if you're mm-hmm. a rim roll especially with Houston, if you're a rim rolling center that's athletic, you're gonna you're gonna strive in that system.
0: Definitely. But let's talk some football for now. So Dak Prescott, I mean, there, there's there been some rumors, you know, going around. Or, I mean, even the statement that he said, I mean, he's not looking for, you know, a small deal. How much is he worth?
1: Does he deserve that mega deal? Um, He, he doesn't deserve it, no. He doesn't. You know, I, I took some consideration on, on how and where he was brought up from. Uh, you know, obviously a fourth-round pick yeah. wasn't really highly touted. But, no, he, did, he has improved. He hasn't proven anything. I know he's, he's definitely made some strides, you know, this season. But this season was still kind of shaky before he got Amari Cooper. Yeah. You look at his season last year, without Ezekiel Elliott, had a pretty bad season. His rookie year was, was phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. He still has some room for improvement. I think, I think if the Cowboys give this guy a, a mega deal, I, I think we're going to set ourselves up short. I think we're going to be locked in, uh, you know, cap-wise. I, 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 I don't think he deserves this mega deal. I think for the best of the team, best interest for the team, I don't. I don't think you sign this guy to a mega deal. Absolutely, and I think there's 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 an
0: issue that's got to change in the NFL. I mean, I understand you know the quarterback's the centerpiece of the team, you know, you know whatnot, but quarterback isn't always the best player, you know, on that team. If you look at a guy like Aaron Donald, I think he is the best probably football player in the league. I mean, just what he does, he led the team in sacks. He leads the NFL in sacks. He leads the NFL in, you know, quarterback hits. And this is the guy being double-teamed night in and night out. double team almost every play. And he, he gets you 20 and a half sacks, which was, you know, he led the NFL. And a guy like Aaron Donald, you know, who, who's probably going to get paid less than Jared Goff, and who who does far more for the team, I mean, it just—it doesn't make sense. I mean, I understand it's a quarterback. You know, you need the quarterback. You know, to win the Super Bowl. But I—I I don't think that's the case. I think that's just a whole myth that should be thrown in the past. Because you give a guy like Kirk Cousins, you bring him into Minnesota. They played phenomenal last season. Bring Kirk Cousins in. I think he's what getting like almost thirty million dollars a year. He didn't even make the playoffs. So to just throw money at a quarterback. It's a risky move simply because there's not a lot of quarterbacks where you can look at and be like, you know, that's the guy who you can throw on any team and he can take him anywhere. There's maybe three or four. There's a little handful. So to throw thirty million dollars like thirty million dollar deals, twenty five million dollar deals out there is just it's just it's a stupid thing to do. And a guy like Dak Prescott really hasn't proven much. He's only won two playoff games and he's shown that he can't really overcome a bad performance from Ezekiel Elliott. He's never seen. He's never. We've never seen him excel when the lights are bright, and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, isn't performing at that stage. So, it's it's too soon. I say, may you know, you just you hold on, or you know, you maybe franchise tag him for one season, you know, see how he performs that year before you make your final decision. But to compare yourself. So what really, what really is bothering me about this situation? Is he's comparing himself to a Tom Brady contract. He's like, I'm not gonna take a friendly fifteen million, you know, I'm not the I'm the breadwinner in my family. His wife, you know, makes more than him. He doesn't need the money. Well, you're looking at a veteran quarterback who's who's played fifteen plus seasons in the league, who who's who's gonna hold almost, you know, mini NFL records, who has six Super Bowls and is getting paid fifteen million dollars, and you put yourself
1: in a category like that,
0: that's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I, I I agree with you on that. Dak Prescott, I think he's stretching it. Yeah. I, I definitely don't think this Cowboys team will exceed if he gets this mega deal. Um, We're going to lose
0: a lot of guys if he gets this mega deal.
1: And you got to also think we have to pay a lot of guys. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott's got to get paid. Demarcus Lawrence, I think he's already gotten paid, if I'm not mistaken. They he's, franchise tag They franchise So him. they, they got to pay him. So he's going to get paid soon. Vander Esch is going to get paid. Jalen Smith. We have a lot of dudes to pay now.
0: Byron Jones. Amari like, Cooper is mean, going to have to get yeah. paid
1: soon as well. This, this this Cowboys team is too talented, and I don't want to see this Cowboys team break up just because of financial reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, Dak Prescott, you know, you, you, you don't deserve a mega deal. I think you're acting like a brat in, in some type of way. I mean, if, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Dak Prescott fan. I think he can ball. I think he still has some left to prove. <laughs> definitely needs to work on his, you know, ability to throw deep down the field. But other than that, he, he's a solid QB. I, I, he, he's a good QB.
0: But he's someone, you but know, he's not someone can, he's, not so,
1: he's not someone you want to – he's not someone you pay big money to. I think he's definitely made some type of improvement in his career. But other than – I mean, come on. A mega deal, it depends how much we're talking. Because if you're denying 15 mil a year – I, I don't know how much you expect. I don't think you deserve anything more than 15, anything more than 20 mil a year, in in my opinion. I, I
0: think 15 is the cap.
1: Yeah. I, he's asking. He's asking for too much.
0: You're asking for what we understand. You know, you're not an injury-prone quarterback. You have the physical attributes. You have the leadership. But you just – you don't have – your qualities are not there yet as a quarterback. I mean, a quarterback, you know, the main thing is to be able to throw – move out the pocket and I feel like that's what he lacks most. You know, his, his throwing is not it's not too good. It's not up there with, you know, these great quarterbacks. And I feel like I feel like Cowboys just got to, you know, hold on on this one. I mean, you don't want to get too greedy. You you don't want to buy into, you know, the Dak Prescott regular season games. I mean, you got to when you throw big chunks of money like that, it's got to be to a winner.
1: I mean there's just a
0: handful of That's why I don't agree with
1: you. Dak Prescott he actually is a winner. If you look at his yeah, win but in loss. In terms of
0: winning, I mean, regular season, I mean the, that's but, not necessarily a winner. That's
1: But you also gotta think he's in his he's yeah. in his third year. He is he is a winner. I think I think there's a consensus around you know, people that actually watch the NFL and actually pay attention that this guy is actually a winner. I think he wins a lot of games. He in the fourth quarter he finds ways to close out the games. But I do agree with you that he shouldn't be getting paid that much. He he, he is a winner. I think we got to call it what it is. He wins a lot. I think in terms of win-loss ratios, he has one of the best. And, in, in, you know, for the first three years of, of a QB. So, I mean, you got to look at this guy. He can actually ball. But, I, you know, back to the point, I don't think he deserves the mega deal. I think mega deals are for people that are proven superstars. Just that, to me, the there's a
0: handful of quarterbacks that deserve it. Kirk Cousins does not deserve it. Case Keenum did not deserve it. I mean, there's only, I'd say, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, you know, Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, and I'd say Patrick Mahomes. These are the five guys that have proven, you know, they deserve, you know, whatever contract, you know, whatever max that they can get. Other than that, I mean, you don't got to throw your money at the quarterback position. I mean, we're, we're a defensive stack team, and that's, that's where most of our success has coming from. So you got to invest to where your success is. And that's in the defense.
1: I definitely think there's some other guys as well that you could throw in. I mean, in. Ezekiel Elliott and guys in, like that. I think you could throw in a Cam Newton in there, a Russell Wilson as well. People that deserve those. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson,
0: okay. But Cam Newton, ever since his MVP year, I mean, he has not proven himself.
1: But, ha- but has Cam Newton been given, you know, the the respectable pieces surrounded around him? That's the question.
0: I mean, I think he had pieces to work with. I mean, he had Christian McCaffrey who – who led the team in mm-hmm. reception. I mean, that's a running back who can do, you know, both sides. There's not many running backs who can do that. So I think you got to give, you know, that Panthers team some sort of credit. I mean, they have a guy like Luke Heakley, who's probably the best linebacker in the league on, you know, defensively. It's just Cam Newton's throwing has – it's just fell off. So I mean, I mean he's still ter- a great he's still a great a, quarterback. In
1: terms of a football player, I mean, there's been a lot of people, especially around the NBA, uh, in the NFL. Excuse me, after the NBA, <laughs> but in terms of the, in the in the NFL, people have regarded Cam Newton as the best NFL player, like football player. There was a consensus voting, and NFL players claim that and that Cam Newton is the best football player in the NFL. I and you know you, you can take that how you want to.
0: I mean, I'm not taking nothing away. He deserves to be a starter on the NFL team, but I just don't know if he deserves that. You know. 30 million dollar contract i think it's just a handful and, of guys and, that and, do
1: and, and i can see why you think that especially with his. you know he's gonna miss the whole two, tw- 2019 20 uh, 2020 season mm-hmm. next year to uh, recover yeah so i mean yeah no you got you got a point i think personally he's someone that deserves it i think there's some more guys that deserve that mega deal mm-hmm. but Dak prescott's not one of them yeah he's not one of them
0: so again it's just a handful of guys but uh it's a Monday morning. It's approximately 9.30. It's Sports Decaf. It's the man of the hour, Thadak Abdullah. It's Thadak Fatul. Peace out. We out, you. Yeah.